What's up, everybody? This is Eddie with Flex Machine Tools, and welcome to this live episode of Flex and Friends, powered by UnionTradeGear.com. Hey, today is episode we are coming at you live on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And hey, and on Flex and Friends, this is our live video cast experience where I get to sit down, chat with, hang out with, and Pick the brain of the industry's loudest, proudest, best, brightest, most passionate, and profound thought leaders. And we're going to be talking about everything, you guessed it, manufacturing. So today, we have yet another incredible guest, a true thought leader and OG of the game, the man, the myth, the legend, the one who doesn't really need an introduction, but by God, this is flexing friends, so he's going to get one. So that being said, without further ado, because I know you didn't come here to hang out with me and listen to me talk, we're going to bring in my friend, Ray Zagato. Here we go. All right. Oh, the lion is out of the cage, and he's officially in the platform. Ray, what's going on? Wow, man. Hey, brother. Man, intro like that, I even want to hear from me. That's awesome. Good to see you, brother. No, it's 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 really I'm, – I'm so humbled and so happy and just really, really thankful because I know you're a little bit of everywhere doing a lot of really cool things, but you're taking some time to come get weird with this weirdo, oh, yeah. and I, I couldn't be more thankful. So first and foremost, man, what's a good word? What's keeping Ray happy today? Oh man, lots of good stuff. I shared before we got started some some really cool things uh, happening because of social media. It starts with just paying it forward, and sooner or later, you do that enough times, man, it gets paid back to you. So I've I've just had an awesome, awesome day today. There so. we go, there we go, and we are just getting started. So yeah. hey, with that being said, as we get this episode started, if you are joining us live, hop in that chat box. Doesn't matter if you're on Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube. I might pull your comment and question up. We could answer that bad boy in real time. Speaking of questions, we are here to get to know my friend Ray. So hey, dude, you're a popular guy, and I would say anybody who you know doesn't live under a rock knows who this guy is. But for those who may need a little bit of light shed on the situation, Ray. Who are you personally and professionally? Who am I personally and professionally? You know, I, I am a lifelong learner uh, that stumbled into manufacturing out of college a long time ago. I'm an engineer by osmosis. Uh, I've just had a passion for and an appreciation for people that make stuff. Uh, and and I've, I've just enjoyed being able to pursue that throughout my whole career. Um, uh, I'm blessed uh, to be married to a lady who is way outside my league, uh, but I'm so glad is in my corner. <laughs> so, uh, and it, it's just, it has been and continues to be an awesome ride. So that's, that's kind of me uh, a, a little bit of both. I'm passionate about manufacturing. Mm -hmm. and, and at this point in my career, I want to be out there helping as many people and companies as I possibly can. Because uh, this is an awesome industry, been good to me, and it's uh, as far as I see, this is about the best time to be in manufacturing as I've ever seen. So let's get after it, man. Dude, that is amazing because you got some experience under your belt, man. You know, the mustache doesn't lie, yo, but, yeah. <laughs> which is magical, by the way. I'm super nice. jealous. And if I knew my wife wouldn't leave me, I would absolutely rock the stash. <laughs> so, but I, I guess I value my marriage and she made me pick. So, but that, that being said, man, you know, even, yeah. even though your facial hair is on a next level, so is your knowledge and your passion. And you're a passionate human being. And that's coming from a guy like me. And so you told us a little bit, you know, just, just now you're passionate about manufacturing. But as we get to know you just a little bit more personally, sure. what else is Ray passionate about? There's got to be other things. Man, I, uh, I dig my community. Uh, I, happen to, I live in an, an awesome, I'm in, uh, based in Aurora, Illinois, okay. just outside of the city of Chicago, second largest city in the state. 
Uh, it was recently listed as one of the uh, friendliest, most diverse cities to live in. And I'm just so proud of my community. I've had the opportunity to serve on the uh, the Public Arts Commission, get involved there. I'm, I'm real involved in the arts and the music scene, uh, more as a, as a spectator, not a contributor. Uh, my artistic ability stopped when I was about eight years old. Uh, I, I used to play a pretty mean piano, but that's been a while too. But uh, I just love getting out and, and hanging with people in the community. Uh, I've got awesome neighbors. I got a killer dog. <laughs> I've got awesome nieces and nephews in the area. So I, I, my life is good, man. You are, you are a blessed man. And I, I can like yeah. sense and just you're oozing just with blessings, my man. It's, it's seriously wonderful. I, I love it. And I love your enthusiasm. Cool. It's absolutely infectious. And I'm cool. scooping up every ounce of it that I can. Cool. And so now we know you a little bit more personally, yeah. know you a little bit more professionally. And, and you, you kind of prefaced how you got into manufacturing out, out of college, engineer by osmosis. Dude, you know, I'm gonna make you unpack that. How did That's you right. get into manufacturing? I, I gotta know. You know, it goes way back. I'm I'm old enough to be of a of a generation that you know at the time growing up, you know, we didn't. My dad didn't have a man cave. He had a shop. Nice. Uh, you know, and it was like whether it was at his business or you know at home in the garage or something. You know, everybody knew somebody or they had that uncle. Where if you went down in the basement, they had this place that was, you know, kind of closed off, and that's where they had all their tools and stuff, and where they'd go hang out. Mm-hmm. Man, I just grew up around people that when when something broke or needed to be fixed or you were you know wanted to create something, you made it. Uh, you know, you you built it. You just you just did it. And uh, so th- so I always that always resonated with me. I'm the youngest of four boys in my family, so I had older brothers that were working on cars and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And from the time I was old enough to hold a wrench, that's exactly what I was doing. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always had a, had a, an interest and a passion for it. I just, I just, there was always kind of this yin and yang. I had a passion for that, but I also had an interest in kind of the, the creative side of things, mm-hmm. um, and, and a curiosity for kind of making weird combinations of stuff. So, I mean, my undergrads in, in business, you know, uh, management and finance, I've got a master's in organizational, uh, development, you know, all of that all of that fancy stuff, but it's just, I've always, I've always loved being around and just had a, had an affinity for being where stuff gets made, you know? Right. And, and, and hence, you know, where you are, where you are now. And so you bring a lot of experience, a lot of perspective. I love the, the, the terminology engineer by osmosis. I just think that's, that, that's wonderful. And I think that definitely describes a lot of your situation. Yeah. And then when it comes to your situation, I know in our, in our previous and you in various conversations, um, you've heard me say multiple times, I believe everyone has specific superpowers, whatever yeah. it may be. We all have our specific abilities. So I'm going to throw to you, what is Ray's superpower? You know, I have the, this, this is always a tough one to, to, to talk about um, because it's, it's very, you know, not, not that I'm bragging, but something, Hey, that I, that I'm good at and that I own. It's your is, superpower, man. What do you own? Yeah, um, I own a very developed sense of curiosity that, that I can focus in uh, to a bunch of different areas and make connections that a lot of people miss. And, and, you know, by way, by way of example, that, that curiosity, I love seeing, you know, I love understanding the latest, what's going on in technology. Um, and that's not just buzzword technology, but tell me, tell me how it works. Let's get to the Reader's Digest version. How does this thing really, uh, you know, how does this work? What are the nuts and bolts of this? 
And then I've got an ability, I, I can sit back and kind of think about, you know, I bet if you tried using this over there, you might get a really interesting output. Because I think innovation is, is really about making connections. It's not about creating a new element that ends up on the periodic table. It's about taking things that already exist in the world and combining them in new ways to solve a problem. You know, not, not just doing it for, for the sake of a science experiment, but when I, when I talk about today being such an awesome time to be in manufacturing, it's so easy to do and inexpensive to do those kinds of experiments now, uh, just in terms of what's possible with additive, what's possible with software, uh, you know, what's, what's possible through collaborating online and those types of things. So, you know, my super power is, is curiosity and connections and patterns. And after so many years in manufacturing, how do you operationalize this stuff? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's really what I bring to the table for companies. No, and it's intriguing. And one thing you told me that I really uh, held on to in our previous conversations is yeah. is breaking down silos. Yeah. So I've only heard that, you know, in, in a very small amount of, of instances. And so I'm very curious if you could unpack that for us, because it's obviously something that you do, something that you're, you're proud of and that you do often. So like, what does that mean? And let, let's just dive into that. What's kind of wild is, you know, that was vocabulary that was real common, you know, when I, when I was going to, you know, did my undergrad, you know, the 80s. You know, talking about, oh, you know, a siloed organization, we got to get the silos to talk to each other. Well, I'm thinking, well, let's fast forward 30 some years. We're still having that conversation, uh, but in, in some different ways. Uh, you know, it's because the, the reality is, listen, what, what are silos? Silos are those, those functional areas that get created that um, are originally put in place to help a business scale. Um, and, you know, what does that look like? Hey, most manufacturers, whether they started recently or if you go back into the history books for whatever company you're with, how did it start? Somebody was really good at something, had a passion for it, got mad at their boss and figured they'd do it better. So, you know, they went out and started a, you know, check the box, CNC shop, mold building shop, uh, metal stamp, whatever it happens to be, they went out and did this thing. And at that time, it was the founder and maybe a couple of other people and everybody wore lots of hats. Uh, okay. It was, it was a little bit of organized chaos because at the time everybody knew what the business, what the goal was end to end front door to back door. You knew what had to happen to, to get the parts out the door for the customer, collect the money, buy the material, do, you know, do the, do the things you had to do in the business. Mm -hmm. uh, sooner or later, the business grew. So you had to start adding people. Well, what did you do? You added specialists. Uh, you know, because it's it's tough to get out there. And well, it's really hard to run a business. With, well, let me find 10 more people that are as good at doing everything in the building as I am. Good luck with that as a startup. You know, and even if you could find them, you know what you'd have to pay them, let alone manage them. So so what happens is we created these these silos because that was the model that everybody looked to. And, uh, you know, we, we started building that way. So all of a sudden, you know, the production department had a silo, engineering had a silo, right. sales and marketing had, everybody had a silo and we start optimizing within the silos. That works for a while. Uh, and, it, and, it, it, and it does. The, the problem and why the conversation is relevant again today is because the operating environment changed. You know, right. it used to be everything happened in manufacturing. It was a step change. It was like, oh, you know, you know, it looks like it's getting a little more expensive. 
there's people out there that remember when you could go back to your customers with price increases. Uh, you know, now it's like, you know, they want a roadmap for your quarterly cost downs for the next three years before they'll give you the PO for the first part. You know, so the business environment is so different. It's so fast. It's global competition. It's technology, geopolitics, everything. The whole world is just moving so fast. The silos going back and trying to re-optimize or further optimize those silos is a is a fool's errand. You need to figure out how to make connections and, and build agility and speed. Uh, and that's what I help companies do. Okay. Okay. So we've, we figured out, thanks for sharing that with us. So we've kind yeah. of broken down, if you will, yeah. um, what's causing these yeah. silos and really where they came from, where was the seed planted, what's yeah. continuously preventing individuals from kind of moving past this. Yeah. But so the thing is, let's talk about some actionable items here. So yeah. without giving away your secret sauce, cause I know this oh. is part of obviously what you provide, if you will, you're an expert in this. Yeah. So how can we being manufacturing leaders, if you will, um, in other senses, how can we break down those silos across the industry and the value chain? Like, how can we do that, man? The, give us, give us something. Well, the big thing, and listen, the, the secret sauce, I, I wish I could say I own the, 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 the inventory of silver bullets to, you know, to solve this. The right. reality, the reality is the best solution is really, it, it starts with, what's the current situation with the company? And part of that is what is your, what's your current culture? Cause that that's everything. Because if it starts at the top down and somebody, you know, or in the conference room and somebody pounds on the table and says, you know, God damn it, tomorrow we, we're, we're going to change tomorrow. We, we collaborate. It's like, yeah, that's going to work for a little while. But the, the problem is what you're asking those, the people in those silos to do, is start sharing some stuff that's been really personal and proprietary to them. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's going to be frightening. So the first thing leadership has to do is kind of uh, create a safe zone, uh, you know, and, and sometimes part of it is, Hey, we have these silos, you know, because I looked in the mirror and realized, oops, I allowed them to happen. I allowed it to exist and, and it's okay. There's no, nobody's getting in trouble for what we did before. You know, this is this is all about a fresh start and we're moving forward and it is going to require doing some things differently, not the least of which is uh, really holding ourselves accountable for some some new standards, you know, going forward. And that has to start with leadership because trust me, the operator, got, you know, that's that's running, uh, you know, a press down on the line or, or doing something day in, day out. They know better than anybody uh, whenever management comes through and says, okay, now we're going to do this. And then they do the opposite or they never reinforce it. So you've really got to rebuild some credibility, um, you know, so, and at the end of the day, what is, what does it look like? You have to, you have to really be looking at uh, instead of the functional uh, optimizing for a function, you need to optimize for a process, you know, across uh, the organization and look at, where are those handoffs made? The best example is, God bless them. There's so many companies out there that are, are selling, you know, condition monitoring tools and optimize your OEE. And mm -hmm. I can't tell you the number of companies I've been in that'll point to how great their OEE is and they're losing money. Why is that? Because there's so much going on before and after <laughs> those, those work cells. 
uh, you know, that are mission freaking critical. And if, if you're, if you're again, just managing OEE by itself in isolation is a, is another type of silo. You really have to look at what is the role of knowing what your OEE is, even if it's not 90%, just knowing that, yeah, we hit 50% all the time. That's really valuable back to your planner. You know, if they know that and can bake that into a schedule, uh, it's going to help you drop overtime and everything else because you're not going to pile everything up based on, well, you know, we should be able to run it at 100%. And if we're not, that's your fault. Well, you know, okay, but who's who's getting hit by the whip at the end of the month from the customer and the boss? You know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's really getting used to that thinking as a system, thinking through and across the organization. And when you get comfortable with that, start inviting, inviting in your vendors and your customers. You know, that's that's the rest of the story, you know, for those things. Sure, sure, man. Wow. Talk about a little bit of the sneak peek. First couple pages of the playbook, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it has officially been laid out in wonderful and fantastic form. And as, as we continue this wonderful and, tas- and, and fantastic form, um, one thing that I know you've chirped about a little bit, man, and I really yeah. want to get your take on is yeah. – Industry 4.0, industry 4.0, whatever you want to call yeah. it. I've heard it called 20 different things, and it yeah. means 20 different things to 20 different people. Yeah. Um, and, and I think everyone has their own perspective of what it is. You know, it reminds me of the word, the phrase gluten-free, if you will. Yeah. But today we're going to break that down. So industry 4.0, I throw that to Ray. You catch that. What does that mean to you? You know, it's it's made up in its truest sense. You know, it came out of uh, the 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 – Initiative really began in Germany, I think back like in 2010, 2013, whatever it is, check Wikipedia, you know, on that one. But it was an industry effort uh, or a, a kind of a, a national effort to try and get industry uh, better connected to uh, some of the new technology that was coming along. And part of it was was automation. Part of it was additive. Uh, part, of it, part of it was integrating uh, IoT, the sensors kind of creating that cyber physical, um, you know, combination of things within a manufacturing environment to allow them to be more agile, to be more proactive in how they respond uh, within uh, their operating environment. So it's, it, it is, I, I, it's, it's not that it's simple. It involves a lot of different things, sure. but, but one of the challenges is, like anything, whatever works in one area, the culture and, and industry in Europe is different than it is here um, mm-hmm. for how they engage um, and and grab new things and new technology. U.S., God bless us, there's, there's nobody better on the planet at innovation, but we need to have a really sharp stick pointed at us. It, it takes a crisis for U.S. manufacturing to really jump on board. There are the early adopters, you know, and and the people that'll jump on board and figure and get proactive about using these tools and concepts, call it anything you want, um, you know, but but that big fat part of the curve, uh, I, think, I think COVID, uh, for as terrible as it was, did a good job of shaking up a lot of that group. I think supply chain issues are shaking up that group. I think um, uh, workforce issues are shaking up that group, mm. and none of those things are going to go away fast. So, if that group that is waiting for boy, 
when things get better, we're going to jump on this bandwagon and then we'll have time to do something. Uh, you're, you're kidding yourself. It's like the, the first thing you got to do is figure out, well, how do I change the tire on the car while we're moving? Because you're not going to have time to stop, you know. So mm-hmm. of those elements, you know, you've got to be able to, number one, leadership has to be educated enough because the workforce that's coming in is probably better at industry 4.0 stuff than a lot of the leadership is because they've grown up around it. The, the reality is businesses right now that are running the best are a combination of digital natives and digital uh, migrants. And, and the migrants are the, you know, those are the, that's the leadership that's getting trained in. I don't, I may not have to know how to run the MES system uh, or use added or deploy AI and machine learning or those things. Sure. But I, I need to know how it, how I, how I can use it as a tool in my business. Mm-hmm. You need that. Um, you know, because if you delegate the strategy part of it too far down, you're not helping yourself. Sure, sure. No, again, this is solid stuff to know because we've broken down not only your perspective of this, this Mm -hmm. phrase, this buzzword, this, I don't want to call it a trend, if you will. And I love your take on, on the fact that you feel it takes a tragedy or a crisis in order for individuals to respond. It's almost like people, you know, wake up when they get slapped in the face, if you will, and and COVID and all these supply it's clearly slapping the industry in the face, right? Look, look look at it. When when was the last time I'm I'm a big student uh, of uh, historical engineering feats, you know, okay. and and what's going on. And if you look at it, like industrial revolution and stuff like that, you know, all the way up, it's there's been something huge that's occurred that's been really disruptive, and and somebody jumped in and and went for it. You know, you you look at you know bridge construction. You look at uh, what's happened with other big infrastructure things. Uh, you know, one of my favorite books that I recommend to anybody and everybody out there is called Freedom's Forge. Um, and it's really fascinating because it's about how the U.S. mobilized its manufacturing resources as we entered World War II. Um, because had we not done that, it w- history would have been written very differently. And and what we were able to do, you know, because there was that was one of those times when there was a lot of people saying, there's no way we can do this in this short a period of time. And guess what? We figured it out. And COVID taught us again, you know, look at, look at the data. Uh, e-commerce was growing for B2B was, was growing at what about five or 10% a year. And we're like, Oh boy, that's exciting. And then, and then COVID hits and what happens in 18 months, it grew five years worth in, in 18 months, you know? So it's like, if the, if the need is there uh, and there's something dramatically impacting what's going on, We've got the ability to figure it out, and, mm-hmm. and th- that's the key thing. True story. True story. Yeah. USA, USA. Sorry, sorry. I just had to flex the stars and stripes there for a minute. So, hey, I've lived and worked all over the world. You know, in in different places, and it's mm-hmm. like I, I've I've seen the best of the best everywhere. And to this mm-hmm. day, nobody innovates like like in the U.S. Other areas are catching up, but but that's a fact. But we're we're kind of playing catch up in a few other areas. There are some islands of excellence, mm-hmm. but it's like we got some, you know, we, we got some room to go and, and we could really be dangerous. Got you, know? you. Got you. And so speaking of dangerous, man, what's yeah. keeping manufacturers up at night, man? What do you think? And there's a lot of stuff. And and I get it. What the common themes are workforce. 
Um, and and I and I get it. It's it's nothing new, but it's front and center uh, right now. Wow. Uh, you know, and you know, part of it is, you know, we can all, you know, we shot ourselves in the foot a while back. You know, when everybody was, oh, we're going to go to a service based economy, and we quit talking about trade schools and stuff like that. And if, you know, the the big challenge right now is I. I think with the maker movement that happened a while ago, I think it created an outlet for young people to recognize or younger generations to recognize it's it's cool to tinker, it's cool to make stuff. Uh, and, and now there's the ability to experiment and ideate and do all of those cool things. So I, I think there's there is there is interest and there's a generation coming up. I think the what's critical to that is getting the parents on board. So, so manufacturers are rightfully so stressing about where's where the next workers coming from. The smart manufacturers are doing some really creative things about how they're recruiting, how they're setting up uh, their work schedules. Uh, the the notion of training people, you know, like we did back in the craft guilds in the 1500s, it's like you know, quit using prehistoric, uh, you know, techniques in a modern work environment. Uh, so that is is beginning to change quickly. So I think we're going to see a lot of changes. It doesn't make it easy right now. And I wish I had a silver bullet for manufacturers. Uh, the reality is get involved in the community, get involved in the high schools, show up, have kids, have uh, young folks come in uh, for apprenticeships, open your doors, let them come in and see how cool manufacturing is and be flexible. It's not going to be the way it was when we came up, you know, this is a solid perspective. And of course, you know, if, if I say things along those lines, you know, I'm just some millennial shooting off in a microphone, throwing saliva, you know, but with you, it, it's wonderful to hear that perspective. And thanks for sharing with us just what really is keeping these manufacturers up at night, because not a lot of people want to talk about it. And I know we've talked about some of the, you know, yeah. breaking down the silos and some bad trends yeah. and things like that, because we've just been addressing real things that are actually happening from a yeah. real expert. So yeah. let, let's, let's sprinkle a little bit of good on it. Could yeah. you let us know, maybe you're seeing, you have to see good trends of some, sort. you've mentioned a few, but what are some yeah. things that are really getting you fired up about the future of manufacturing? I like, you know, manufacturers are, are there. It's a funny group. They're uh, genetically predisposed to always, you know, have an umbrella handy. It's it's like, you know, it's good. It's, I know we're making money right now, but it could be bad at any minute. And it's, I, I think that's, uh, I, I love that. They're like the Eeyores, you know, of, of industry, you know. Uh, you know, and I guess I'm, I'm the oddball tigger, uh, you know, in the mix. But what what is what is going well is manufacturers are embracing, they're beginning to get out there and tell their stories. And I mean, I mean, the stories beyond uh, features and benefits, you know, they're starting to show their humanity. Uh, they're taking an interest in, uh, in, in, in marketing and communicating and, and building up their brands, you know, out there and, and finally getting an understanding of well, social media. Is not, that's not for us. We're B2B. And it's like, I got news for you. That's exactly who it's for, you know, or, or is, is B2B. Where, where I'm seeing opportunities is make sure that you connect these this new outreach that's being done with the operations side of things. Because I see a lot of companies, they'll get a ton of activity going and all of a sudden sales and marketing is driving the business and nobody asked manufacturing, well, can you actually make all of this stuff? 
or are we are we are we promoting the right things? Uh, so so that's that's been really cool. I'm seeing um, that associations and the MEPs are really stepping up in terms of bringing uh, advanced skills and access to all of those things that go into call it industry 4.0, call it advanced manufacturing, whatever it is. It has never been easier for the, the small and medium-sized manufacturers to get access to the information, the tools, and the help that they need to implement the stuff that, quote-unquote, only the big guys do, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the other piece of it is, you know, these, these things aren't going to go away, and it's, it's really the better you get at these things, at the, the implementing these new tools and technologies, the more desirable you are to the industries that everybody's fantasizing about. It's like, oh, I need to get into, I need to get into aerospace. I need to get into medical device. I need to get into, uh, you know, defense or whatever it happens to be. Those are the most, uh, not necessarily regulated, but they are, they are picky MFs, <laughs> you know, as far as who they're, who they're dealing with. And if you can step up and say, I hear you, we may not be doing it at the scale you're used to, but look, we checked these boxes and we're ready for you. Mm -hmm. That's huge. That is huge. So there, there are some awesome things going on out there. There really are. Um, you know, everybody's, everybody's getting out, starting to talk to each other again and asking for some help. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I see some, I see some bright spots. Oh yeah. Speaking of bright spot, we have our good friends at Union Trade Gear popping in with the USA equals innovation. Yeah, there we go. We're all yeah, about it. We're all we about do. it. Thank you so much, Union Trade Gear, for popping in and just solidifying the point that USA is innovation. I dig it. So hey, right, this has been a fantastic, fantastic conversation. But for those who want to continue their research, learn a little bit more about you and all the wonderful things yeah. that you're doing in this dynamic industry, where in the World Wide Web can we feast our eyes? You know what? Find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm out there. Just look for Ray Zaganto. I'm the manufacturing unicorn. You'll, you'll see me out there. I drop a lot of content. You may or may not agree with me. That's okay. I want to hear from you. Let's, let's connect. Let's get acquainted. Um, let's share ideas about what's going on. I want you to, I want you to do better. I want you to get where you, where you plan to be and where you deserve to be. And, you know, I can, uh, a lot of times I can help. Sometimes that's just a conversation. Uh, sometimes that's an introduction, whatever it is, let's get acquainted. All right. There you go. If the worst thing that you get is a conversation with the manufacturing unicorn, then by God, you've gained some value. <laughs> you heard it here first, everybody. So this has been, right? It's been a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to be able to, to host you and to just allow you to share your passion and show exactly why you are the unicorn that you are. So I, I couldn't it. be more thankful. Make sure you, everybody check out Ray. He puts out some wonderful content, very thought provoking. Jump in the comment section. He's very responsive and you know exactly where you can can find him. Hey, for more information on Flex Machine Tools, all the weird stuff we're doing, you can check us out on the various social platforms. We're on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. We're even messing around on TikTok. And for those of you who are looking to up your Flex fam game and get yourself a little bit of swag, you can either get your Flex and Friends 
Eddie Saunders Jr. official shirt Woo-hoo. or some Flex Machine Tools gear at UnionTradeGear.com. Or if you're really adventurous and you love that Coinbase ad and love them QR codes right above Ray's left shoulder specifically, you're going to be able to see we got a QR code there as well for engagement. But above all things, we appreciate each and every one of you. Truly appreciate you as well, well Ray. But for the time being, you all stay awesome. You stay flexing. And we will surely see you next time.